Hey, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I give a shit, you know. There's a lot going on here today. Uh, I just have to put this out there so you know what we're dealing with. They're renovating this whole, uh, this whole actually, facility here, if you call it that. And uh, it's much cleaner than usual. And uh, it's getting a transformation. And it's going to be bigger and better which is really cool. And then uh, I'm just going to put this out there. We also have, uh, besides our guests, which I'll get to in a second, we also have a photographer, Ben Taylor, who will be uh, covering covering the shoot and it, for the Radio Free Brooklyn Archive. So, Ben, we're honored to have you here. Thank you for coming. It's almost like an audience, except for you guys who are the real audience. So before I get going, um, I want to like remind you once again that it would be so awesome if you came to our fundraiser rock concert, which is coming up this Saturday night. I am definitely going. I am definitely going to be there. We can dance. I want to dance with you. No, 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 not that guy. You. I want to dance with you. Okay? So um, anyway, it's... uh, it's got these really awesome bands, uh, the Dead Leaf Echoes, the Falling Birds, Drew Cutler, and the Heart and Hand Band, and Amos Rose. And not only that, there's going to be drinking, dancing, uh, DJs, giveaways, fucking probably, if you can bring, but you got to bring your, that's B-O-Y, bring your own fucking, B-Y-O-F. Okay. Uh, it's going to be the Unit J Loft, and I'm not going to do that. I will dance with you, though. Uh, three three eight Moffat Street, Bushwick. Take the L train to Wilson. Uh, eight bucks in advance, ten at the door, and uh, go to radiofreebrooklyn dot com slash fundraiser. Okay, so show up. Okay, you fucks out there, just show up there. Um, so today is going to be kind of interesting. Uh, we're going to have like a uh, deep hopefully deep conversation. I think the psychotherapy may actually be a little bit on me instead of me psychoanalyzing uh, somebody else. But our guest today is comedian Allison Klemp. Uh, will you, uh, I'm expecting you to, uh, the, Ben, Ben, clap, fucking clap. <laughs> Thank you. God. Hey, Hi. Allison, thanks, thanks for being on. Uh, Allison has been on uh, Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit before, and I realized, I listened to it again, I called you Kemp, not Clamp, right? Did you notice that at the time when you were on, or you were just so involved in the show, You did you notice it? I probably did, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I didn't remember it either. But anyway, so um, you can listen to, um, you know, her, her our dialogue before, which was pretty interesting. It was all about Allison and what a fucking tough-ass... Uh, hardcore bitch, not bitch. She's a bitch in she, a good way. In a good way. Okay, good. We it's got a, that. It's a real testament to how good of a person I am that I didn't correct you on my name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I don't <laughs> think we're gonna buy that. We're not gonna buy that. But but um, I had a few reasons why I wanted to have Allison on today. Mostly because um, the kind of conversation I want to have. Um, I thought she would be great because she is like. You know, she has, she does not fucking pull punches. Right, Allison? Correct. Like, you will say fuck off to me if you really feel it. Most likely, yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so that's a one reason, and the other is that she's a pretty girl. Oh my god! Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so me being a, a you know me being a, an old lady or middle aged lady or not in I'm not in the I'm let's put it this way I have aged out of um, catcalling, which I'm cool about. I think that's great. I don't know if it's because I seem too old or I just seem more confident. I don't know. Probably both. Don't care. But anyway, so that's why I needed Allison. That's one of the reasons I needed Allison on here. Uh, I also loved having Allison on the first time, but she came into my awareness recently again because of a big dust up with some comedians, uh, Kurt Metzger and uh, Michael Che. Uh, Michael Che has been on Saturday Night Live, and Kurt Metzger is uh, also. What does he do? Be, what is he famous for, most famous for? He was a writer on the Amy, Amy Schumer. Schumer show. Mm-hmm. But he also just did that thing with Louis C.K. That was great, the uh, Horace and Pete thing. Mm-hmm. He was in featured. Anyway, so Allison really like called them out and like was really uh, kind of foisted into the middle of it does that make any sense to you yeah yeah so she's gonna but you can hear all this um, on allison and kurt's um podcast you know kurt's podcast that allison was on so we're not going to recount the we're not going to go through this again but i'm going to have allison recount it quickly so you so you can see that she knows she has the experience go ahead allison recap okay so For anybody who uh, maybe isn't on my Facebook, uh, which I know is no one, but um, uh, there was recently a a rape controversy in the comedy community because there was a comedian who was banned by the UCB Comedy Theater for allegedly raping multiple women associated with the theater. And then that sparked a online mob fury. Uh, which I was definitely a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that created a backlash from certain people who, uh, like Michael Che and Kurt Metzger, who I will say did not react in an ideal way. And I, I just want to point this one thing out. It was like highly visible in the media, right? Yeah, was on... they're very visible people. So when they say things, a lot of people But I mean, you, you know, this, this got to the level of the Washington Post. Was it mm-hmm. in the New York Times? Or... I don't know if it was in the Times. Well, um... it, 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 you know, you get it, guys. Yeah. Okay. So, I just wanted to point you know, that out. And it's like, you know, essentially their message was that women who are raped should go to the police. And yeah, of course, in a perfect world, women who are raped should always go to the police but as i think most women and a lot of people know that can be really complicated and the whole situation is very fraught um i will so there was like just like a lot of aggressive language being used on their part and um then it just became a whole hubbub of uh back and forth and like a lot of the a big part a big issue with it too was that the focus turned away from this alleged rapist and turned onto these famous guys because of how they reacted to this alleged rapist, which is not where I think the focus should be, to be honest. Um, but uh, and then also uh, subsequently, Kurt 
spoke with uh, one of the victims and after talking to her and he talked to the alleged rapist, um, had a complete change of person, uh, admitted that he was wrong, which if anybody is familiar with Kurt Metzger, like that is revolutionary and, you know, had a very multiple heartfelt apologies. So so do you get the feeling that like Kurt really is going to be different? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been talking, I've been talking to him a lot since all this happened. Mm -hmm. Did you know him at all before? Yeah, I knew him before. And, you know, I have, he's always been a very brash you know, yeah, he's person. That's, that's that's his, his charm. That's his thing, and yeah, he's funny, and he's very funny, and he's very talented, and he's a very good writer. Um, but he certainly got into hot water before. He's no stranger to that. And I've disagreed with him on things before. I've also stood up for him on things before. You know, we've had an adversarial relationship, I guess. Cause, yeah, because you know, you're not afraid of saying shit that you want to say and neither is he so yeah we're very you guys similar are probably really good friends now yeah we're actually it's crazy like we've noticed like we have a lot of similarities um but yeah i, th- I mean i've noticed a huge change in him and uh it's i That's think it's really tremendous awesome. yeah honestly it's really tremendous and like what's happened with kurt it's like no he did not say things that were good but you know no nobody's perfect and i think he it's like a living example of what you know, we as feminists say that we want from men, which is we say that we want men to listen to us when we tell our stories and we want men to believe us and to be on our side. And um, if somebody like Kurt Metzger can do that, then I feel like anybody. Right. Right. That's the thing about it that's so awesome is like out of all of this, um, it shows that behavior can be changed Mm -hmm. and attitudes can be changed if we you know, if we do something, you know, if yeah. we if we don't keep our mouth shut. And a lot of the times when people, um, you know, maybe aren't saying the right things or aren't sensitive enough, a lot of the times it's just because they aren't even aware of, like, what the experience is like for a victim, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I've, I've heard people make the point that it shouldn't require a rape victim coming forward and telling her story for him to get in line, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's how most people come to that perspective is because you know somebody who went through this. Right. And then because of that perspective, you are more sensitive to the situation. Right. And so we could just call that ignorance in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Maybe not um, intentionally ignorant, but like we're it's all like, ignorant. It's like of how if you things. grew up in a town with no black people and then you move to New York, you're probably going to say some things that are not kosher about black people, you know? And it's like, it's not because you hate black people, it's just because you are ignorant and then you learn and then hopefully you change. Right. So it all depends. What we're talking about is the core uh, personality of somebody, their core values is more, it, you know, overrides all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're, like, if Kurt was really an asshole, he wouldn't give a shit. Right. Okay, cool. So um, I think we should all listen to um, your conversation with him, which I, I think was probably pretty uh, pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, did I was... it feel different, like, when you started, and did you feel like you had a different relationship with him by the end? Well, yeah, I mean, we we talked um, off-air uh-huh. A lot before we before I went on the podcast, um, but we mm-hmm. definitely um, we definitely did talk about it on 
I was on the Race Wars last night. I'm not sure what the episode title of that is, but and then I was on, I think, last week also. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can definitely listen to that. We definitely did talk about uh, it. Re- when this was all happening and Kurt was still being an asshole, he did, like, he was, like, saying some, like, negative things about me on the show, and then I started getting all these trolls who were, like, quoting Kurt on, like, my YouTube comments or whatever, and... He said that I was like the bowling ball of comedy because I'm not that sharp. And then when he apologized to me. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then when when he apologized to me, he said that I'm not the bowling ball. I'm the scissors. And I thought that was very sweet. That is very sweet. Okay. So anyway, there's these topics that um, I continually argue with my husband about. And he's like, I don't – it's not even that we argue about them. It's that I complain about them a lot. And he is really sick of hearing about it. He just said, oh, you're starting your – rant your stupid feminine not stupid but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah he wouldn't say stupid for god's sakes i mean Better i wouldn't not, marry that, that i wouldn't marry somebody like that but anyway he's sick of hearing it so i thought i'd bring you in and we could have a we could have a conversation about it so i somehow feel like in a certain way that women actually um and I don't have an answer for this, but I think women make um, a lot, cause are party to a lot of their own problems in two particular ways. One is um, relying on men for things, and the other is having their self-esteem attached to their looks. So I don't really have an answer to this, but I wanted to know, I wanted to have a chat about it and see what if I could get your, your, you know, point of view on it. Like, for example, I mean, a lot of the women, a lot of women, um, I think, I think there's still a whole world of women who are hoping to get what they want out of life by marrying somebody or getting a guy to give it to them whether it's a job, a nice place to live, a life, a future. And I think that, I think a lot of us, I think a lot of women do it unconsciously. Like when you go on a job interview and you flirt with a guy thinking that if he thinks you're hot, you're more likely to get the job. Um, and I can talk about experiences like that from my own life, but what's what's your thinking about that, Allison? Um, with the job thing specifically or just in general? In general. Let's start, let's start general. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's definitely true. I remember when I was a kid, I used to hate my last name like mm-hmm. so much cause nobody ever gets it right. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, I remember saying to my mom when I was younger, I can't wait till I get married so I can have a different last name. I hate my last name. And my mom was like, you know, when you turn 18, if you want to change your name, you can just go to the DMV and change your name. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and it was like it was like this, like, I don't know if she meant it this way, but it was definitely like an early lesson in, like, you don't need you to don't wait need for it. a man mm-hmm. to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you want something, mm-hmm. then do it. Well, I'll tell you the experience from my own life because it's something that I uh, rail against, but yet when I really am honest with myself – I'm I'm the same. I'm one of them. So what oh, I was, I'm not saying I haven't done. <laughs> I no, no, but have. I, I'm I'm saying I'm flummoxed. I'm asking you for mm-hmm. help, Allison. You oh, have no. to. You, I need help. I don't <laughs> know how to get it. I don't know what can women do. I mean, it, so I'll give you my example. Like 
you know, as I did, I'm, I've mentioned this so many times in the air. I don't know. You know, I was an art director in advertising, right? Mm-hmm. For like 27 years. Did mm-hmm. I mention that? Mm-hmm. So I've always had health insurance. That's how I supported myself. And uh, I had a nice lifestyle. I still own an apartment. Blah, blah, blah. I, I, I'm a self-made woman. So I think. But then... And I criticize other women who rely on men, right? Mm -hmm. But now, if I'm really honest about it, I think about my first job that I got in advertising when I was 26. Okay, so my boyfriend, who was 13 years older and like fairly and very pretty successful, uh, he didn't. He his friend was looking for an assistant art director, and they hired me. So there's no way – I mean, I just don't think I would have gotten that job if they hadn't been friends. So therefore, I got my first job through a man. And, um, you know, I've got other stories like that. But even like now, I'm saying, well, you know, I don't need to rely on a man. Mm-hmm. But my husband pays the bills. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, like, my life is this is relying on a man how do we how do we get out of that like how how are we supposed to feel about that i mean i think in your situation that's okay because here's the thing is that it's easy to forget because so many of them are monsters but men are people too and so much of our lives in general i think comes from interhuman dependence and we are social creatures so you know Getting a job because the guy that you were dating, his friend, knew somebody. Like, I think that's fine. You know, that's just people helping people is how I see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I, under, like, I understand, like, carrying around guilt like that because it's like it's you want to be. It's not guilt. It's yeah. confused. I mean, it's not guilt. It's I mean, because I feel like, I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel like I've worked a lot harder than a lot of men to, you know, to mm-hmm. have maintained, the lo- get whatever it is that I've gotten, mm-hmm. whatever whatever minimal shit I've gotten. But, hmm. um, but uh, yeah, you know, I feel like... But you're still, like, self-sufficient and you have skills and brains and, like, if the bottom dropped out, you know, let's say worst-case scenario and yeah, I'd be something fine. happened to your husband, you know, or whatever, like, you'd be fine. Sure, of course. You, know, you, you have the ability, you know, just because maybe, you know, you're pursuing your own artistic yeah, endeavors yeah. and so your husband's paying the bills like i don't think that makes you right you know, that vulnerable in yeah. that way okay so what about um all the women out there and i have a lot of friends like this from advert mostly from advertising who you know really want to e- you know who are either getting they want rich guys there's mm-hmm. still a whole world of women out there who want rich guys. Mm -hmm. They're still the Melania Trumps. Like the thing about Melania is no one ever, I mean, people don't respect her and there's all sorts of shit, whatever, you know, I mean, that's got so many uh, issues around it, Melania, but no one ever really, people aren't like, it's never called, I don't feel like it's called out very much how women are, are looking for men to support them and, and, and it's how, how are women going to be equal and get respect mm-hmm. if we have this image? If women have this image, how are we going to be taken seriously? 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm feeling like women want it both ways. Yeah, a lot of the times. Do you think that's true? I think a lot of the times that is true. Um, and, you know, I've dated a lot of poor guys in my life because I'm always drawn I, to artists. And yeah, I have too. Whatever. Sure. And um, and I, I remember that it was like a certain point. I think I was like dating somebody briefly who, you know, like had a normal – or somebody like asked me out to like a nice dinner or something and I was – uh, very enticed by that because I was like, nobody's ever taken me to a nice dinner before. <laughs> I, I <laughs> like, hear ya. I would love I to have that you. experience. Like, wouldn't that be nice? And I'm like, oh yeah, wouldn't it be nice if there was, as I think there was like a biological aspect to it um, mm-hmm. that you want right. to be provided for, you know, and right. you want to go back to like, you know, men are hunters and gatherers and women take care of the home. And I think that some of that is like inside of us yeah. in our DNA. But yeah. um, uh, I... Yeah, I just feel like that you have to find a balance with that, you know. And there definitely is like, you know, it's not it's nice to be taken care of, but it's also nice to take care of people. So, I like symbiotic relationships, right? Personally. Right. But I'm also saying like, how, like I don't feel like women are addressing this, right? Do you do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how can we like? Aren't we sort of? Like buying into it, encouraging it, being part of it, if we're not saying this isn't a good idea or at least owning it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, what should I say? Like, I have um, I have a friend who actually like went to a um, a uh, matchmaker to find like a rich guy. Mm -hmm. And that's a friend. I mean, that's somebody I know. Like, am I supposed to say to them, like, what do you do about it? I mean, why aren't women, like, talk why aren't friends. women talking about it? I don't know. I mean, did you talk to your friend about it? No. Hmm. I didn't because I didn't know how. Right. I mean, how do you, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying there's no, there's no checks and balances in quote unquote feminism. Yeah. Like the thing, another thing that I was talking, that I wanted to talk about is the other side is the self-esteem that women get from their appearance Mm -hmm. and how I feel like that is really something that is not noticed either. I feel like that's very unconscious. Like, for example, I was thinking about um, the Lena Dunham dust up lately where um, you know, Lena Dunham said that I'm just going to go through this the way I remember it, which is none of the details. So it's like Lena Dunham was at some kind of Met dinner. She had an interview. It was through an interview with Amy Schumer on her on Lena Dunham's um, blog. Mm-hmm. Lena Dunham. I mean, you know this. You know this, Allison. I'm telling. I'm right. telling. I'm telling those people out there. I'm telling Ben, the photographer. Ben, have you heard of this? No, I have not. Okay, so I'm telling Ben. So anyway. So what happened was Lena Dunham had an interview in in her blog with Amy Schumer. In that interview, she and, and Amy were commiserating about uh, how they were at some fabulous Met dinner. And uh, Lena Dunham said self-deprecating things about her own appearance uh, t- because the rock star, fabulous uh, athlete across the table from her wasn't noticing her and was on his phone. So what I'm saying is, so th- what what I feel was unconscious about that is that Lena Dunham um, was 
trying. I mean, she was being self-deprecating. I get it, but she was valuing. She was saying that my value is in my looks. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense to you, Allison? I mean, it makes sense. So, like, I mean, do you think that? I mean, that was fucked up. That's right. what I'm going to say. That's fucked up. Do I mean, you, yeah. Do you I think that's fucked up? What she said, or or her the attitude? I, when I think yes. It's, but, you know, and then she did apologize. Uh, and did you but, see her apology? Yeah. But what bothered me worse about the apology was that she apologized correctly for mm-hmm. making assumptions about the uh, a- handsome athlete. Okay, mm-hmm. get it. But she, she also, she also, there was, n- she did not acknowledge. I mean, she's, there's no part of it where she's saying, I know I'm valuing myself on my looks. Yeah. And it, it the whole thing it makes made me kind of sad to be honest because it's also like I mean I have my own feelings about Lena Dunham separately from the situation. Yeah, I'm not I mean, a huge just, fan, but we're just using this example. Right. Um but if you look at Lena Dunham and her career and what she's done, it's like she has made such a big deal over seemingly empowering herself and it's like she doesn't have the hollywood standard body or like the like hollywood looks or whatever but she mm-hmm. you know she's, has created she's forged this ahead. yeah she has persevered mm-hmm. you know uh, ahead of that and you know she's created something really powerful like girls is a huge show she's written books she's done all these things yeah, yeah. and so much of of what she does, you know, and she's always running around half naked and with her non-traditional Hollywood body type. Right, and right. it's always like, I'm right. empowering myself. And look at me. I'm a feminist. I'm empowered. Um, so it, it, I don't want to, like, villainize her for it. I'm not trying to villainize but, her. No, I know you're not. But I'm just saying, like, it, it, I'm just it bums using me out. Her like, in a example. way, I think part of it is, like, there is, like, a hypocrisy to it, you know, that it's, like, you're... You're shouting out all these ideals and beliefs, but then you're not actually, like, following through with that because an athlete, a professional athlete ignored you and it, like, destroyed you, you know? Right, right. Well, the problem I have with the whole thing is that the discussion of why – the discussion of – like, what I would like to see is somebody like Lena Dunham saying – or somebody, I don't, she's the person to do it, but like, why, why, why is it so, why are we all valuing ourselves based on this ridiculously high standard? Like she's buying, I feel like in a certain Mm -hmm. way, she's buying into it. Sure. And it's hard not to, especially I assume when you're in the middle of that media beast, you know, because everything, I mean, if you look at magazines and like how they teach us to be and everything from a young age it's we're socialized that our value comes from our good looks you know and it's like oh like it's a good thing you're pretty because now you don't have to be smart and like that kind of attitude i feel like is subliminally or sometimes overtly taught to young girls and that's i think where things need to change is how we treat young girls and young boys because those are seeds that get planted early on and then later, um, you know, either bad or good things happen as a result of that. Right. But I also think that, um, I mean, a lot of what I'm 
trying to point out is how unconscious all this stuff is. Mm -hmm. I think we've all been um, brainwashed. I mean, we all buy into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, like, for example, um, you know, why, why, like, when you look at all our role models, right, women's role models, Mm -hmm. they're pretty much all good looking. Mm. Don't you think? Well, I guess Hillary Clinton. Eleanor Roosevelt was no looker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of, it, it is a really important part of mm-hmm. our society. Absolutely. I mean, it's really hard in our society, especially in modern age, to uh, get to a level where you can be a role model if you aren't to some level attractive. Right. But I also think that there are a lot of women that enjoy, I, th- I think in- women enjoy getting whatever it is they get out of from being good looking too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's, you know, I've certainly felt it, you know, and it's like I've. Have you flirted your way to get something? Um, Not like a job. <laughs> But sure, sure, of course. Sure, of course but why always, would you not? You know, to get out of a ticket or anything like that. Um, I certainly have. You know, I'm not going to say like I'm above doing that. Ben, um, do you think and that I, Allison and I, could manipulate you if she flirted with you? No. <laughs> wow. Although at the same token, like I feel like I also kind of like. I don't know if I aged out of it or whatever, but like I remember, like I used to. She's married now, but one of my best friends, um, she was really, really good at like getting guys to buy her drinks or you know whatever. She was really good at dating, um, and so it's you know we would go out to bars and she would like teach me her ways of like how to you know just get this guy to buy you a drink and then not have to talk to him and all this stuff. But after a certain point, I was just like, I would rather just buy my own drink and not have to like mm-hmm. talk to these guys mm-hmm. that are not interesting and now think that they can have a conversation with me because they bought me a drink like mm-hmm. i'm like fuck it i would just rather spend the ten dollars or whatever it is right so your self-esteem isn't isn't tied to that but hers is right um probably was but i mean she also i mean it's also like you know to an extent i've certainly had fantasies about you know uh using my Looks and charms to con con men out of their money and, you know, whatever. Teach them a lesson. Yeah. (laughs) You go, baby. (laughs) Which, of course, in the long run is only more toxic because then it'll make them not trust women and make them treat women shitty for the rest of their lives. Um, Not, well, possibly. Some of them, I mean, but I think they get something. I think we're all getting something out of it, too. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. I I think that we're getting something out of it because... Um, we feel good about ourselves that we're so attractive that um, a guy has done, and 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 at the same time, I also want to say we're we're uh, heterosexual cis women, cis women right? Yeah. So I mean, it's a very it's a very specific audience that we're talking about, probably. Right. But, um, I just think that, um, like, I think a lot of women like need to feel they feel powerful and i think a lot of men feel powerful when uh they have an attractive woman or they get i'm sure melania makes trump feel powerful mm-hmm. men feel like they're getting evaluated by yeah. women's love candy you know right and 
And there is, there really is like something into the idea that like, oh yeah, like a woman's power comes from her looks and a man's power comes from his like abilities or his achievements, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, look at, you know, I feel like most female comics that I know are very pretty mm-hmm. uh, and good lot- with men, right? Well, that's debatable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, you know, it's like um, just to relate it to comedy, you know, mm-hmm. it's like there are listen, there are attractive male comics, but there is not that many. Of yeah, them. that's and, not that's not the, you know, criteria the, the trope. By any men. But I feel like the trope of a comic is that they're usually schlubby or mm-hmm. you know, not attractive mm-hmm. in, a, in a traditional mm-hmm. sense. And doing and I know m- multiple men who got into comedy because it was a way to meet women right. and because women are attracted to talent and I have seen guys who are not attractive have a great set on stage and then women will just oh, yeah. run up to them and flirt and all this sure. stuff and then the same is not true for women sure regardless of how she looks if a woman does really well on stage you know guys aren't running up to her like oh my god i have to meet you you were so funny right you know the only times i've ever been hit on after a set were after i've not done well <laughs> so <laughs> that's I don't pretty know. funny <laughs> i don't know what that says but no, that says well you know, it says a lot yeah it yeah. says it says that men don't men don't want powerful women yeah or men funny don't women. Want... They, don't, they don't want women that are going to be a threat like they just uh, and you know not all men but like yeah, no, we're not talking about all men. Of we're course. just talking. I mean, I guess, I guess what what, but what the point? The point I keep coming back to is that we're all like, how do we? This is a to me, this is a train that's like a runaway train, and how do we even begin to, you know, take that train apart? Like when you go into a magazine, a magazine store. All those magazines are all about physical appearance, right? Mm-hmm. And we're never going to get away from that. And I'm not saying we should. But um, but at least set realistic expectations. Yeah. Especially for girls. Like, I have a friend who is a designer for Aerie, which is American Eagle's underwear mm-hmm. line. And I didn't know this until I talked to her, but she told me that they don't do, like, photoshopping or anything like that to their models and like the catalogs mm-hmm. which i think is really great um, yeah you know and i think stuff like that like you know if we can just stop you know digitally altering these images of women to create these false ideas and young girls because who's buying magazines it's young girls you know as an mm-hmm. adult i don't buy magazines that often but right. when i was a kid and i was a teenager and i'm sure. super impressionable i lived by those things and then and that's, you know, and you look at these images and you're like, well, this is what I'm supposed to be. Well, when you're that age, that's pretty much what you have going for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you can't always depend on your parents to set you straight on things, you know, who knows what your background is. But yeah, no, it's true. So I mean, it's, it's up to people who have power, like companies like Aerie, who are like, we're not going to Photoshop our models. You know, we're going to give realistic views of what these people look like. And I, well, I also feel like a lot of times, I mean, there's a lot of comp- women, do you, I mean, women compete with each other about, mm-hmm. about their looks, right? Do you, mm. do you think that's true too? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I think, I think that's part of society. I mean, what's happened a lot, I mean, what happened a lot in, um, advertising is like, I would see the women who were better looking always get ahead mm-hmm. a better looking and new and good at flirting with men and dressing for men and appealing to men. Mm-hmm. So, um, is that just a, 
I mean, is that just going to be a product of, a, you know, a male-dominated? I mean, is that just because the men have the money? Possibly. Yeah, I mean, when the men have the money and the men have the power, they determine who else gets to have money and power. But, and, you know, it's it's easy to also say, like, oh, well, you know, we just need more women in power. But that doesn't always work either because, like you said, like, women are competitive. And then a lot of the times I've seen when a woman is in power, she wants to be, like, the only woman in power. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of that. And it's, I think it's because we are pitted against each other, you know, where it's like we have to get, oh, fuck, who, somebody has a bit about this, I think, and I'm going to remember mm-hmm. it terribly. But mm-hmm. something about the idea of, like, how – you know, a guy sees a man and a woman. This might be Patrice. It's not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Um, a guy sees a man and a woman walking down the street, like a great hot girl or whatever, and he looks at that and he thinks, I got to get me a girl like that. When a girl sees a guy and a girl walking down the street and she likes the guy, she's like, I need to get that man. Right. And I think societally we, like, yeah, we've been brainwashed into thinking that we need to compete for each other. And it's like in comedy, it's like, oh, if there's only going to be one girl on the show, then I need to be that girl, and every other girl is my enemy, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right, right. And, you know. See, what really bothers me also is that, you know, um, I, you know, I am 60 years old, which is, uh, which I'm, like, okay about, but at the same time, it's weird to mm-hmm. even, like, put that out there, and I'm, like, I'm all right with it, but... There's also like a weird feeling about it. You know, I can't help but feel like some shame, really, which is ridiculous. And I know it, but um, there's it's really hard to get away from. And I want to say that so you guys know that, like, because eventually everybody's going to feel that way or they could feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I also feel that um, I'm a I'm really proud of who I am as a 60 year old woman. I think I'm a great, I feel better. I actually have better self-esteem now than I did when I was younger, believe it or not. But, um, and I think that, but I think like that perspective and I don't think that, uh, women, I, I have to say in my lifetime, I have seen race, um, you know, race, the race thing has come a long way and I think women have gone backwards. Yeah. Like when I was, when I was your age, no, when I was in my twenties, I mean, women didn't wear bras and they didn't wear makeup and all that stuff. And nowadays like everything has to be so exaggerated. And I think where that was going made a lot more sense because, um, women were evaluated more. I mean, you know, if a woman's really attractive and sexy, it's, going to be obvious Mm -hmm. you don't need to candy coat that so i think that um it was a lot subtler but i think things have gotten a lot worse for women actually do you does that make sense to you do you see how that yeah i mean i've said this too you know when i you know let's look at the 90s right like everybody's really into 90s nostalgia right now it's probably a big part of the reason why hillary is even uh has the nomination. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, I remember the girl, the Spice Girls and girl power. And when I was growing up, I really felt, you know, I used to run around saying, I'm going to be the first female president of the United States. And, you know, and I really believed that. And um, 
I just really felt this sense that, you know, women can do anything. I was very empowered as like a little girl. Uh, and now I look at the climate and I see so much aggression and violence against women, uh, not just in life, but, you know, in the media and on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And it makes me scared or nervous for girls who are growing up now. And I'm like, is this what they're seeing? And like, is this what they're being told that, you know, women are cunts and whatever? Right, right. Because um, troll culture is huge now and that right. was great thankfully something i didn't have to deal with when i was figuring out who i was um but at the same time you know i think that any with progress you know it's like take two steps forward one step back yeah no and I the get closer it. that you know and it's like look at look at how race racial tensions kind of blew up after Obama got into office because it's like mm-hmm. those people, bigots or whatever, who all they're, they're holding on to this last bastion of hatred and it's all they have. And as they see it, you know, slipping this power, slipping away from them because black people or women or whichever group, you know, that is hated right, right. starts to get more, they feel this desperation and because they're losing their only power and then they react Right, but right. It, it's it's yeah, a, it's a sign. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a t- sign of progress, and mm-hmm. it's hard to see when you're in it. But um, I think that it's ultimately going to be okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not all. It's not all that. It's just that also technology has changed so much with mm-hmm. you know plastic surgery and all these you know things that people do to themselves, women. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think some of it is definitely. Um, you know, marketing. I mean, there's money. There's if you're really good looking, you're more likely to be able to make you can make money as a woman. Mm-hmm. And if you spend more money on your appearance, it feels like they make you or whatever. If you buy into that lifestyle, you're going to think that you can make more money because you spent more money on your appearance. Mm-hmm. And there is truth to that. So a lot of it is just really wanting people have a big drive for money. Everyone does. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of it. Certainly. But I've also thought that, like, what this is, this is how I think society should be. I think what should happen is that there are really super attractive women. There's just no way around that. I mean, mm-hmm. they're model like, for, like, in so many different ways. You just look at them and you go, like, wow, that person's just ridiculously attractive. Mm -hmm. And usually it's pretty natural. They're not like a really attractive person is usually, I mean, a physically attractive person, it's usually pretty natural. Mm -hmm. So I think that they should be made into like athletes, that we should look at them and say, that's their thing. They're great at that. And then the rest of us, uh, they should leave us alone where we're not in competition. Or I should say the rest, not counting, what, whatever. But I think that, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like have like professionally pretty people. Yes, women, mm-hmm. P- particularly with women. And just that aren't have necessarily that... real thin models. Yeah. Um, no, not necessarily. Just, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and then just to like see that as something that's um, like a t- almost it's like a talent. Mm-hmm. It's actually worse than having a talent, uh, like a real like 
talent where you can, that you can build on because it's going to fade. Right. Yeah, but it what isn't that just reinforcing like ideals of beauty and 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 also like, you know, someone might be exceptionally naturally beautiful, but you know, and then it's like, okay, well, so you're just like professionally pretty, and that's like all you have to offer. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, what if that person has great ideas and wants to be a lawyer or a doctor? Or like... Well, I mean, then then that's what they would do. I mean, mm-hmm. there's certainly a lot of people doing, you know, a lot yeah. of attractive women in all sorts of fields, but just um, the way that uh, you know that it's that it's considered a talent in a right. certain way. I mean, I see this, I guess what happens is, you know, at my age, you see, um, I see a lot of women begin to really struggle with their looks. Mm -hmm. And it's this feeling of they're losing their power. And I find that really disturbing. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, I was, I don't know, I'm a really, I can be a really awkward person and I wasn't particularly confident with men. So I wouldn't say that I got a lot out of like flirting with guys. Um, And I feel like uh, that actually getting older for me has empowered me a lot more, frankly, I will say that. But I see it um, in many, many other ways where women feel less than because... Mm -hmm they're not they feel like they're losing their power yeah well i think it's up to unfortunately the onus is on women i think to find power in something else about you and to really foster that and then you know worry about if you can worry about your beauty like secondhand you know and focus on for lack of a better word, your soul, then I think that the beauty will shine through that. And, you know, and I think people will see that and then you will feel more empowered because you have something that is more tangible than something that will flee, you know. So have you ever, like, seen somebody get something they want just because, or, like, do you have any, I mean, you must have had this happen where you see some woman get something that you wanted because she's sucked up to some guy or something. Oh yeah. I mean, and you know, you said that I'm pretty and I thank you for that, but I didn't, you know, I never grew up as like the pretty girl, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I've, I've, I've always felt like, you know, the, the trope of like the fat, funny friend, you know, like really? that's who, that's my character mold you know uh i was never especially in high school and even like in college i was never like the pretty girl you know um i was usually friends with the pretty girl and i have to like stand on the sidelines while she flirts or you know what have you um so i've definitely dealt with all of that and then it's it was weird because like I don't really feel like I changed that much visually, but mm-hmm. something happened, and um, I feel like I probably just came into myself a little bit more, and like some confidence came through. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and then like all of a sudden, and also like partially, I moved to New York and I started performing more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then suddenly, it's like, oh, well, like you're a pretty girl, so what do you know? And, and it's like, listen, this is you know, people are like, if people are hitting on me or whatever, like a lot of it for a time was like very new and alien to me. So I didn't 
necessarily know how to handle it. Right. And and then it's like people will make prejudgments, you know, because everybody projects their own experiences onto mm-hmm. you. And they think that they know what my life has been. But, right, right. You know? Right, right. And meanwhile, I have all of these psychological things that I've had to overcome about feeling less than, you know, from right. a young age. Right. So I don't know where I was going with this. Well, <laughs> I don't think no, but I don't think, you know, people oh, like have I seen people this project yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff mm-hmm. onto who you are or and there's also like, yeah, I mean it's kind of like if you are being evaluated on your looks, well that's insulting too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've you know, and I'm short and I have brown hair and uh you know, and it's like I I used to say that uh, you know, thank God I have boobs because if I didn't have boobs, I would have nothing. Like, wow, my boobs are the only reason that like any guy ever wants to talk to me, and f- I've really felt like that was all of where I had all of my power. And, wow, really? Yeah, and I mean I've overcome that, but um, you know, like that's real, mm-hmm. and. You know, and I've watched, I've felt so invisible at parties or bars, you know, and it's like, oh, well, here's my pretty friend, you know, and she's getting all the attention and I'll just hang out. But no one would ever like think that about you or I don't think, I can't imagine people thinking that about you. Do you think that was all in your head or do you think that people really thought that? Maybe a combination. You know, yeah. it's like it's hard to say it's like chicken or the egg kind of thing. But it's like, you know, when you don't feel confident. Uh, yeah, you probably are going to get passed over or ignored because you're not putting yourself in a position to be seen. Right. Right. And also being confident is appealing, I think, you know, and I mean, there is this thing about biology, too, because I do think that, you know, like women are the more attractive version of our species right Mm -hmm. i mean would you agree with that yeah we're the fair sex we're the prettier ones Mm -hmm. so there's gonna be some of that anyway i mean you can't really get away from it i'm just you know it's just an interesting thing to me because i'm really just trying to actually um formulate um and thanks for this help i'm actually really just trying to formulate like it's kind of a problem that is inherent in humanity. I don't see it necessarily as like a real solvable problem, mm-hmm. but I feel like we need to, I feel like there's a certain consciousness like maybe that we need to at least begin to have that I feel like is not out there. Like I think maybe I'll send Lena Dunham um, a tweet after this and tell her that she shouldn't be making points as a, you know, thought leader. She shouldn't be making any points about looks at all. Maybe, but, you know, I, I guess if that's real to her and, you know, if that's where her insecurity comes from. Um, and I feel like that is, you know, and that's the other thing, too, is that even people who we deem as like the pretty ones or the blessed ones, they certainly have their own insecurities. Like that, there's that scene in Mean Girls that I think is so perfect, where you know they're all hanging out at the popular girl's house, and it's like, oh my god, I hate my shoulders. Oh, my thighs are disgusting. You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and that's like, and it's like we're socialized 
like if you're pretty, here's the thing that I think is crazy. Like I can't go on stage and say that I know that I'm pretty because people don't want to hear that. Like if you are attractive, nobody wants you to think that you're attractive. Mm-hmm. They want you to hate yourself mm, and they want you to find flaws in yourself. Because if you feel confident about how you look, no matter how you actually look, if you feel good about yourself, people will want to break that down. You think so in general? I think so. I mean, this is just from my experience. Wow. Um, but I think that people feel threatened by that. I think especially from a woman, um, because I think that we are socialized to be, um, you know, Passive. second. Passive. You know, like yeah. men are first, yeah. men are second. And then like, whereas like a man, I mean, I, mean, I think even with a man, you know, if a man, you know, proclaimed like, I'm hot shit, you know, I think people would be like, oh, what an asshole, you know? Right. And well, so like, I feel... First of all, it should be okay. Like, it's only okay to say that you feel good about how you look if you're not conventionally attractive, you know? Right, Like, if you're overweight or you have some sort of uh, deformity or something, and and then you stand up, and you stand up and you say, hey, I like the way I look, (laughs) then it's like, oh, my God, she's so brave. I know. She's so brave because she looked in the mirror and didn't cry. (laughs) You know, so it's like, it's like there's no winners. (laughs) You're such a loser. That's great. Yeah. I think it's great that you don't see how much of a loser we all think you you are. are. Yeah, because that's what it all really comes down to, doesn't it? Like how we see ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. Mm -hmm. I guess, I mean, I guess I, I feel like, yeah, I guess I'm just having frustration because I feel like we are we women are hypocrites. I think we're all hypocrites though. And but yes, definitely women in this particular thing are too. I don't know. I I'm just calling myself yeah. out. I'm calling myself out. That's all. I'm a fucking hypocrite, okay? Okay. <laughs> That's okay. I I have definitely had men do things and take care of me even though I think that I uh have not done well with men. But sometimes you need to be taken care of. Being taken care of is not a male, female mm-hmm. thing, though. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. It's okay. It's what you and trade. It's, it's what you trade. Like for And example, in a way, it's very vulnerable to let somebody take care of you. Yeah, but, I mean, you do you do make a trade-off. Like, for example, <laughs> since my husband's paying, paying most of the bills, that, like, when we go on a vacation, since he's the one working and paying the bills i feel like he gets first choice where we should go do you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there is no free lunch there's well let's just but you does know he we, feel that way or do you feel that way i think he feels that way too mm. i think that's really common i think that's another thing that's not discussed a lot i think men yeah. feel um because i mean i think anybody feels like i think you know women that probably earn the bulk of the money at home probably feel m- like they deserve more, mm-hmm. right? Probably. Yeah. Although, you know, the person who's not making the bulk of the money is making contributions to your life together that, you know, just because it can't be monetized right. doesn't right. mean that it shouldn't be respected. I feel like that. I feel like that because what I do make the a lot of talks, con- you know? I, yeah, I make a lot of contributions. I mean, everything we do socially pretty much is or whatever. I, you mm-hmm. know, I definitely 
But I don't necessarily feel that um, since there's not – and I think it's partly my own problem too because I know there's not a dollar value amount attached to it. Then I don't give – you know, it's probably my own my own flaw. Mm-hmm. So uh, – It's good to remember that there's intrinsic value in your actions, you know, even if they don't uh, generate income. This is true, Allison. This is true. So anyway, like I said, that's just the beginning of this discussion, um, trying to get some insight and clarity on it. And uh, I do think like your point about um, making sure that little girls are being are are being valued for things other than their looks is probably a great way to start. Right. Like encouraging girls who show an interest in science, for example. How great, you know, would that be? And um you know, just reminding them, hey, you know, because I feel like, uh, you know, little girls like, oh, you're so pretty. Look at how pretty you are. You know, but it's like, oh, but also you're so smart. Right. We got to stop saying that. Don't start tell little girls are pretty anymore. I mean, you can, but you, if I feel like it's like if it's a boy, you know, because I also I call my nephews handsome, you know, because right. they are. But that's, right, you know, but it's like you, as long as that's not the only thing. You're saying to them, I think it's okay if you do it. Yeah. Um, so we've got like two minutes left, and I want to make sure, like, you're running. I want to talk about what you're doing and what you have coming up. So you have a festival mm-hmm. coming up. Yep. Tell us about it. Um, I am one of the producers for the Cinderblock Comedy Festival, which, speaking of empowering women, um, it's a team of all women. Oh, wow. Uh, mostly women. Um uh, who are putting this together? And when we got some flack because when we took up submissions, we had a seventy-seven cent on the dollar discount for women, <laughs> women people of color, LGBTQ, and um, handicap performers. Um, basically, anybody who uh, might feel like they've been looked over. You know, we really wanted to encourage them to apply to our festival, and we have a really fantastic lineup of over 150 performers. Wow. Um, It's going to be all in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. It's uh, pub crawl style, so every venue is walkable. We have a fantastic app that you can download that has maps, and you can make a schedule of all the shows you want to go see. The whole thing is going to be happening September 15th through 18th. Uh, next weekend, wow. all in Williamsburg, Cinderblock Comedy Festival. Check us out. Tickets are on sale. I am producing my show, The Naked Show, on Friday night at the Experiment Comedy Gallery. It's going to be a oh, great that time. Sounds, that sounds cool. I'm going to definitely put a link to that um, on my Facebook page where you, you know where I have the link to you. Yay. So that people can come. Fantastic. Yeah, it sounds really, it sounds really neat. Will we be able to see you naked? You will. You will. That's uh, September cool. September 17th, 1145. And then we will be doing the Naked Show again, a regular place and time at the Creek in the Cave is, on October 7th. Is Evan Jones on that? Uh, he has been on that. He's on this one. Oh, yeah. He was on last. He was here last week. And I think he he, he had a funny story about being naked on stage, how all the girls. He, have you seen him naked on naked? I, I have. Supposedly he has a great body. He has a, yeah. He and has a, a huge dick. Great is that body, true? Great body. Great dick. I've never experienced it but i'm good friends with his girlfriend as well so there you go i have references <laughs> that's nice that's nice so there we yeah, go we just guy. we just objectified a guy yeah. and i'm happy to be leaving on that note thank you dr lisa gives a shit